Hello everyone and welcome to the Kintsugi Hope podcast. It's great to have you with us and this is the 12th and final episode of our series for this year and for this month's episode we've got a very special guest Patrick Regan. Good to have you with us Patrick. So Patrick is um, the CEO and co-founder of Kintsugi Hope and he's been working in the charity sector for 25 years and most recently he has written his sixth book called Bouncing Forwards and it looks at the topics of resilience, courage and change and this month's episode is about resilience Amazing. Um, yeah so <laughs> why did you write this book Patrick bouncing forwards um so my previous book was called honesty over silence mm-hmm. and uh, I guess it was about my journey with faith and mental health and it had this little tagline on it that said it's okay not to be okay and after I wrote that book I had so many emails of people just telling me their stories and I think when someone's honest, it almost gives permission for you to be honest as well. Mm. And uh, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is heartbreaking. And I was like, I do believe it's okay not to be okay. I believe we need to be more real, more authentic, more honest. But I don't want people to get stuck not being okay. So I said to my publisher, I'm thinking of writing a book on resilience. And resilience, by definition, is sort of thriving in the midst of adversity. But this was like two months before COVID hit. And uh, so when COVID hit, I was like, oh, no, this is too difficult. How could I write a book about thriving in the midst of adversity now? You know, then there was the unjust murder of George Floyd and and things just kept happening. And so it was with that backdrop that we wrote this book. And I nearly gave up so many times. And it was my wife dying. It's like, I think this is probably one of the most important things people need to hear at the moment. And uh, so, yeah, so that's why I wrote it. That's amazing. And I guess you've you've had to go through something that's tested your resilience in order to write about resilience so what have you been through that's given you kind of a story to tell that talks about resilience yeah I think everyone has a story of resilience really I mm-hmm. think that people you know everyone's got their unique story haven't they or different things that happen in their lives and sometimes it's traumatic and sometimes it's just you know we're all so different and one size never fits all I I think for me the way I've had to be really resilient probably I've had a lot of physical health challenges over the years and a lot of needing operations and hospital appointments and x-rays and blood tests but I've always struggled with anxiety so if you struggle with anxiety operations blood tests x-rays being in hospital every week is not a great combo and it's sort of you know it's like rocket fuel to your anxiety and 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 learning that not to spin out of control I guess and and so for me it's more being mental than physical though when I was recovering from my leg operations there was lots of things physically I had to do to get better I realized that mentally there's things that we need to do as well that resilience isn't a fixed trait it isn't like I have resilience I don't have resilience it's something that we grow in fact I think one of the best ways of describing resilience is as a muscle so it's it's not a mindset particularly it's like a muscle um, and the way the muscle grows actually it works really hard and then the only way it grows is to rest it breaks a little bit mm-hmm. and in the breaking and in the resting that's when the muscle grows and and so you need the balance of the of both, you know, of um, going for it, but also resting at the same time. Mm, so it's not something we're born with. It's it's something that we have to practice, and we only develop because we go through tough stuff. Um, Unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> it seems to be the gig. Yeah. So like, I guess it's a, a mindset of how you approach, like you were saying, the mindset of how you approach things. It's a you can either when you go through tough stuff, you can either give up or you can go, I'm not going to let this defeat me. In your book, you talk about acceptance and resignation. I get, can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, you know, the most interesting thing I found when researching resilience was um, was people saying that the first part of resilience is acceptance that you're going through a tough time. Okay. Because sometimes you sort of think resilience, resistance, just keep going, persevere, never give up, cue Rocky music. You know, it's <laughs> like, it's that type of thing. But actually acceptance... Um, and I was like, doesn't that just mean defeat? Does that mean like white flag, I'm done? Mm. And I realized that acceptance and resignation are really different things, that you can't get better if you don't accept that you're in a difficult situation. And and of course, we talk um, in the book, we do a lot of research in terms of Holocaust survivors. And, you know, one of the people that survived Holocaust were not the optimists. The optimists would be like, I'm out by Christmas. I'm out by Easter. And Christmas and Easter would come and go and they'd still be there. That the people that survived were those that accepted the situation they were in, adapted to it, but never lost hope. And I think that's really, really important. I think, so acceptance is really important. I think the second key thing is what I've noticed about resilient people is not that they would have chosen what they've been through to go through it again, or they, they're glad they went through it even. I'm certainly not glad I went through all my <laughs> challenges, but they find a little bit of meaning in it. And I'm, I'm not into this sort of everything happens for a reason rubbish, but actually sometimes I guess it's the image of Kintsugi that something beautiful can come out of brokenness. And I know from my story is we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation today if it wasn't for the challenging stuff we went through and, and Kintsugi starting and, and now there's like thousands of people across the UK in groups and, you know, and, and all sorts of things. And so I think finding meaning is okay. You know, I've had to deal with mums who've lost their kids to knife crime, you know, and and I've sat opposite them like this and they've told me their story and they've set up foundations and they've just done the most incredibly kind things. And I'm like, how? And they went, I just didn't want it all to be for nothing. So I had to find some meaning there somewhere. And so I think that's the second thing. And then I think the third thing is, is most resilient people learn to adapt and, uh, and make the most out of situations. So I had this big metal frame uh, around my leg and I'm quite self-conscious. So like it was literally like, the worst nightmare you, you know couldn't it, ignore it going outside i'd have people come up to me going effing hell mate that looks awful and then just walk off i'm like thanks ever so much that's really nice <laughs> and you know it's just so obvious but so we started to make trousers um with velcro from the top to the bottom and uh um so i could go out and not have everyone stare at me i just looked like i had the most ridiculous flares on um <laughs> known to man and uh, and but like you adapt you know and so you can keep going you find ways to cope and you, you just look at the stories of how people have adapted over the years um to their new circumstances it's incredible mm. but that's what the human spirit is all about yeah people are amazing mm. people are amazing and i guess that's that's what bouncing forwards means isn't it it's it's not going back because we we hear that phrase a lot don't we bouncing back or going back and um i just want to get back to normal or you know, I, I wish I could go back to how things were, but bouncing forwards isn't isn't that, is it? Can you explain why it's different to going, yeah. that going back mindset? Yeah, I think well, when you think about going back, it's like, why would you want to go back to your pre-trauma self? Because for good or for bad, we learn stuff through adversity. We all do. And our values get challenged. We start to realize that actually, you know what? The thing I put so much value on before I went for this tough time actually in the bigger scheme of things isn't that important you know my mum's a hospice nurse and you know and, and it's been said many times but when people come to the end of their lives really all they care about is people 
you know, the house doesn't matter, the car doesn't matter, all the different things we spent ages stressing about just don't matter. We just care about people at the end of the day and loving people and caring for people. And I think the whole bouncing forwards thing is going, I don't want to go back. I want to take the lessons that I learned and com let them compel me forward. Um, and uh, particularly when it comes to my values. And, you know, I always think values are priorities. It's like, what is the most important thing in my life? And the challenge is we live in a culture that says the most important thing in your life is to be successful, is bigger house, bigger job, bigger title, bigger this, bigger that. Yet when people get that, they're not necessarily happy. So actually, I think the key of life is living by your values. You know, what matters most to you and are you being true to yourself? So your personal substance. So if people do look at you and you get well known, at least you've got some substance about you um, rather than just being quite sort of frail and fickle. Mm -hmm. So what are your what are your values? What is your success metric? How are you? How would you get to the end of your life and go? Yep. I, I try my best to be successful in my eyes, not necessarily what the world thinks or what culture might think, but where would you, what are your values so that you know that you've led a successful life? Yeah, it's funny. Like, I, I remember saying to my publisher once, I think I want to write a book um, and I think I'm going to call it about my life and I'm going to call it, I just don't want to be a git. <laughs> and, Great title. Um, yeah, I know. They didn't go for it, funnily enough. <laughs> but I think that it was like that sense of, Things are more caught than taught. I just want to be a decent human being. Like, you know, so my values and my family's values are very much very similar to Kintsugi's values, funnily that. <laughs> but really believe in authenticity. Like, I believe that authenticity is what you see is what you get means that you build deep and honest relationships. You know, I believe in honesty. I believe in being real and honest and authentic. Uh, I want to be outrageously generous. Um, and, and then also just realize that like I said about my mum's job relationship is more important to me than anything else so you know I, I hope that my friends and my family know that I would do anything and go anywhere and go the extra mile for them um, because I care you know and I often think even from a biblical sense is you know people think how are you doing spiritually they go well I haven't prayed much this week or how much have I read my bible or I haven't fasted or I haven't been to church I haven't done this and again it's all performance orientated isn't it Whereas actually maybe the better question to ask is how loving am I becoming? Because surely the whole of the New Testament is summed up in that love God, love your neighbour as yourself. And actually prayer, worship, church, they're tools in order to help you love God and love your neighbour as yourself. And yes, I, I struggle to love myself most of the time. Um, I find it easier to love my neighbour. But I guess I want to get to that place where I, when I do finally meet God, I go, you know what? I poured out my life for you and my friends and my neighbours and I even got to love myself a little bit as well. Mm, that's lovely. That's really cool. And in the book you talk about um, something called the Resilience River which is coined by um, Professor Patrick Pretoni. So he shares the same first name as you. But it's been a... It's a great name. <laughs> he, he's been a source of inspiration for you, I guess, because it's a great illustration as to how we can actually develop resilience um so that when we do inevitably go through those really tough situations because just because you've become resilient or you've developed resilience doesn't mean that you're not going to go through tough stuff and mm -hmm. um, we all have to go through it so why has that illustration been really poignant for you and just explain it to the listeners if they haven't heard of it before yeah i think um well the illustration goes that everyone has a resilience river and at the bottom of most rivers are rocks and I think why it really helped me is most 
people when they talk about resilience are like, I must get rid of the rock of anxiety out of my life or the rock of disappointment out of my life. And I sort of come to the conclusion, I think disappointment is part of life. I think if you love, you're gonna get disappointed. Yeah. If you love, you're gonna grieve. You know, it's just part of it. And and so I'm not sure you can suddenly remove that massive rock. Um, I know because my strengths and my weaknesses are so intertwined. Um, so someone that struggles with anxiety is incredibly sensitive, which is fantastic in some cases, and has incredible empathy, which again is really helpful in other places. But it's like anything, it can be out of control. And it can be really hard for you and for the people around you and the people that care for you. So the Resilience River was saying, you know what, those those rocks may not disappear, um, which I think is the whole acceptance bit. Yeah. But actually, you can manage it. And you can manage what level your river level is at, if you like. And so if it's down and you're depleted, you're stressed, you're tired, you're not doing anything that gives you life. That's why I'm so grateful for my job. My job gives me life. And I'm very conscious that a lot of people are in employment which actually just drains them all the time and I'm like um so I'm, I'm really blessed but like what are the other things that give me life as well and and what are the things that drain me and I think one of the the biggest things about people I think are the most resilient people who do well in life are, are those who are self-aware mm. and they get it you know the people I find dangerous are those that aren't I haven't got a clue, you know, they're not self-aware at all. And so they work out, here's my weaknesses, here's my strengths, these are the things that drain me, and uh, and and here's the things that lift me up. And I think sometimes in a culture that constantly says you're not enough, it's quite hard to work out what those things are. Because mm. I, I bet we can all think of things that drain us quite quickly, yeah. like off the top of our heads we could think of five or six, but actually do we really know what gives us life? Um, Obviously, you've spent quite a lot of time thinking about it. So have you figured that out? Have you figured out what gives you life? Yeah, partly. I'm, I think I'm on the journey yeah, of like doing it all. all. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I think it changes a little okay. bit as you get go through different seasons and stuff like that. So, What about at the moment? Um, well, I think I used to be a real extrovert. I had to be around people all the time. And I realise now that actually... One of the things I love doing is learning. I love, so I'm writing a new book at the moment and I'm absolutely Ooh. loving it. I'm like, my brain is like, ah, I've got so many ideas and concepts and thoughts and ways to communicate this. And, and then I've got loads of ideas about how to market it and communicate it to a completely different market. And so is that uh, giving you life at the moment? Yeah, it gives okay. me that I love it. And I'm thinking, because I love to think out of the mm. box and I quite like thinking, how can I do something that no one... Not that no one's done before, because I'm sure people have, but like, just think about it differently. Something different, yeah. Yeah, think about it differently. I think that's important. So I love new projects. I love pioneering. Um, I love that sort of entrepreneurial thing. I get stuck if I don't. So I'm always looking at how does this evolve? How does this change? So that gives me life. Um, and music definitely gives me life. Um, love listening to music. Um, just, I'm not great in a big crowd, but I love being around a few people, like, you know, maybe four or five people, loving a couple of people around for a meal, that sort of thing. Um, like Christmas Day, we've got 18 people coming around. I'm like, oh my goodness, I might hide in my room the whole day. <laughs> There's too many people. And so, yeah, and, and, and I love I love feeling that. And I think this is this is one of the key things about resilience is, is knowing your why, it's your purpose. You know, I love the fact that I get to write books that change, hopefully help people's lives. You know, I love the fact when I stand up and speak, you're looking and you're seeing people poking each other or laughing or crying or just like it's connecting somehow. You know what I mean? And you think, oh, it's such a privilege. And so um, that gives me a lot of life. Yeah, you know. That's great. And 
just thinking, I guess, shifting our perspective from how we can be more resilient or how when we go through stuff, like from a personal perspective. Um, you speak in the book about building resilient communities um, and what would it look like for us to yeah actually go on that journey as a as a wider as a wider nation but also just in local communities can you tell us a little bit about that and unpack it because it's not something we hear a lot about um on how we can be yeah how we can have a more resilient community in and I guess that's why you've founded Kintsugi Hope is because you believe in local community you believe in grassroots and your previous charity XLP was very that way focused as well so why is that such a thing for you and why do you think that it's important yeah I think that um is that old African saying isn't it that it takes a village to raise a child and I think that fundamentally that we're born for connection and and actually when that connection you know uh growing up like sometimes by our caregiver gets disconnected or we don't receive the love and attention that kids need you see that actually it starts to affect them and starts to affect their behavior and 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 so everyone's going through something and and the way we heal is in communicating that story it's being safe it's being supported it's it's being in a community that understand there's something beautiful about being with people and you go i think they just get me I think they just get me. I think they just, I don't have to pretend. They just get me. Mm. And I think developing those safe spaces, and I think that's what we've lost in this country a lot. I think we've become so siloed um, into different sections. You know, it's like, you know, one of the things I used to love about church is that I used to see lovely old people. Because um, I think I know, there was this woman who used to go to my church called Ivy Host. She sat in a wheelchair. And I remember I made a beeline for her every single day. And she would like hold my hand and she'd bring me like, a toffee, you know, and <laughs> give me a toffee. And I was like, there's no other place I would meet someone like you. This is amazing. You know, you enrich my life. I hopefully enrich your life. And and it's like, where's those connections that we have, you know, um, not just with people who are like us. It's really easy just to hang out with people that are like you and agree with you the whole time. And you live in an echo chamber of everyone agreeing with you. So I think it's how do you find diverse communities? That doesn't mean we all have to agree on everything. But actually, it's something really beautiful when you can get a diverse bunch of views and people still love each other and care for each other. And I think, and then you find support and then you find well-being. And, and I think that's what our community is missing. I think particularly after COVID, we all had to disappear into our little place. But actually, we're struggling to make those connections again. And people are desperately lonely. And the amount of people that I sit go, you know, I'm not sure many people really know me. And if they know what I thought, um, I'm not sure they'd really be that impressed and stuff. And I was thinking, that's probably the loneliest place in the world to be. Not saying what you think in case someone judges you. And so I think that resilient communities is all based around um, compassion and courage and curiosity and connection. And I think if we get those things in line, we'll be okay. Mm, absolutely. And Kintsugi Hope is your charity you founded it five years ago um nearly five years ago and it has that what you've just been speaking about um creating honest conversations creating safe spaces where there's no judgment where people can go you know what I thought about this week this and it was really tough and I haven't told anyone else but you full of those me too moments full of those I I know now know I'm not the only one that's struggling with this can you tell us about Kintsugi Hope and just the fact that, I mean, we're a bit biased because obviously we both work for the charity, but just from an objective point of view, like why why did you set up the charity? Because it's it's motivated by things that you've written about in your books, honesty, honesty over silence, when faith gets shaken, bouncing forwards. 
the well-being groups that we have running all over the country are seeing people step out of shame and mm. they're getting that one step closer to having more resilient communities just tell us a little bit about it the vision the heart behind it all of that yeah i mean i think the vision is huge and i think all visions need to be huge yeah. otherwise they're not really visions are they no. they're plans <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the vision is wanting to see a world where mental and emotional health is understood uh, with safe and supportive communities where people can grow and flourish and uh, you know and that's a massive dream and to try and see like right across this country that if there's anyone that is lonely there's anyone that's struggling um that actually eventually they'll be able to go to a laptop put in their postcode and go oh my goodness there's this bunch of people near me who i could uh, just go and talk to and just be alongside and they're not going to preach at me they're not going to judge me they're just going to help with some tools and just cut you know that almost walking alongside type of thing and and I think that is part of the hope that we don't want anyone to feel lonely and isolated, you know. And and I think it's a real challenge because um, people are really struggling with their mental health at the moment. You know, again, I I've, on the back of Bouncing Forwards, we go on tour and talk to people. And again, like, you know, people saying I was having suicidal thoughts. And, and I remembered something from the Kintsugi group that has I've been able to apply it to my life. And it I've just means that I've come through which is incredible, incredible, you know, yeah. and you've got other people that were like, um, you got to realise I was so low on confidence. I've been to therapy for like 10, 15 years, but then suddenly something, a light bulb moment, I realised it was perfectionism. I realised that I was driving myself so hard. I realised where it came from and now life's changed and that's huge for people. It's huge for their relationships and it's huge for, for them flourishing, isn't it? And so... I think it's really about wanting people to sort of know they're made in the image of God, know they're loved, but also know that um, they can journey with others in that as well. So, yeah, and I don't know, there's thousands of people involved. We want to get it into more spaces, businesses, prisons, community centres, um, sports clubs. We're trying to go for the most unusual one. We're hoping to have one in the hairdressers in Scotland, wow. a farmer's market in Wales. I mean, let's like be as creative as we can possibly be. Um, you know, there's no reason why we can't, so. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Mental health is such a leveller, like. Oh, yeah. There's no one that hasn't struggled with their mental health in some way, shape or form. Like, you know, having a sleepless night is, you know, a night of struggling with stress and anxiety. Like, that's mental health. It might mm. not be a diagnosed mental health illness, but it's mental health. Like, yeah. We all have it like we have physical health, so it's so important to invest in it. Yeah, and the problem is, is ev this country, we're set up for mental health crisis. So normally, when you go to doctors, when you go to hospital, is when you're in a crisis. And actually, but what about all those people that if we could just help them now, um, that actually the crisis they may be entering into in a year's time or six months' time if, as things escalate, you know, because it just feels, doesn't it, when you're in a bad place, it feels like a snowball sometimes. It just feels like, oh, my goodness, Never it's just ending. escalating. Mm -hmm. um, we can help them now. We can make a difference now. And and the thing I love about the Kintsugi thing as well is not like there's no, you know, you say it's my charity, but actually there's no famous person around it it's just a bunch of normal people in a group yeah. talking about stuff you know um having tools techniques and so i love the fact that actually in most places like the person that's known in kintsugi is probably the group leader um no one knows me or the other people they may have read a, the odd book or there but but actually it's about that connection with each other and uh, so i'm like i'm learning all the time you know that's that's the best way to be i think 
it's amazing and if people want to get involved then what would you say to people if they're if they're thinking this sounds amazing i want to learn more about this yeah i would say like if you're in a local church or local charity or local school i guess i'd like to be really blunt and say why not start a group what's stopping you um you can train online it's like nine uh 20 minute sessions it's like it's not rocket science you know we probably all find time in the week to maybe invest in our physical health by going for a walk or watching what we eat or going to the gym or just doing something well in the average week what do you do to invest in your mental health um probably endless netflix probably isn't going to do it for you <laughs> but we probably do that that's what we probably do so i think it's just an, an amazing opportunity for people um to reach out and and not as a i'm coming to fix you um type of model but more um, I'm coming alongside and I'm sure that in this process, we're both gonna learn more about being human and what that means uh, together. So yeah, I just think why not give it a go? Why not? Why not? The coined phrase, <laughs> why not? Um, thank you so much for joining us, Pleasure. Patrick, and chatting about resilience, Kintsugi hope, courage, acceptance and change, all of the good stuff. So thank you so much. And if you want to read um, Patrick's book, Bouncing Forwards, which I have here, um, you can get this from the Kintsugi hope website. And if you buy it from us, as opposed to a website beginning with A, then all the proceeds go through um, to Kintsugi hope. <laughs> I'm sure you can... I'm sure you can fill in the blanks. Um, then all the proceeds go back into the charity so that we can create safe and supportive spaces for those that need it most. So do, do get that. And if you're watching on video, I know some of you aren't, I'm wearing a very snazzy, very. trendy, grey Kintsugi top. It's very nice. It's got a small logo in the corner here, which yeah. apparently is trendy. Um, and and it's environmentally... It's organic cotton, fair trade cotton. Very important, yeah. apparently. Yeah, yes, it is. It is. is it soft? Um, yes, it's very <laughs> soft. Hesitation <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's been, been left in the utility room on the floor a few times, but no, it's very soft. Soft, but it looks great. And it looks great. Yeah, so, yeah. you can get a Kintsugi Hope sweatshirt on our um, online yeah, shop as well, nice. as long as lots of other... And if you get one, goodies. you're actually a decent human being. That's... <laughs> You're also decent if you don't. But yeah, no, we would be very grateful. And they make great great Christmas presents. Really great Christmas presents. So um yeah, check out the website for um Kintsugi Hope sweatshirts or books, but also um do check out the website as well if you want to find out more information about how you can get involved in Kintsugi Hope wellbeing groups. And we run info sessions um throughout the month where you can come. It's an hour-long Zoom session um, with the team at Kintsugi Hope HQ, where you can ask any questions you might have about the practicalities of signing up as a partner organisation, um, all the all the practical stuff that you might be thinking about now. How would it work in my context? Um, who can run it? What are the checks? How do I apply? All of that kind of stuff. So do get booked into one of those info sessions and you can find the information out on the website so thanks for listening and thanks for being my last guest Patrick that's okay um, I don't think we'll... you had much choice no well the topic was resilience so <laughs> yeah, it kind of felt a little didn't bit you rude. offer it to someone else first I did yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we won't, we won't, we won't go there no. um, but they did another episode in the end <laughs> so it was okay. all okay so thank you for joining us everybody great to have you with us again